This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. My name is Keen and I am your star by this week. Welcome to Sissy That Pod, RuPaul's Drag Race Reaction Podcast. We cover every franchise of Drag Race from the UK to Down Under. If you're joining us for UK Season 3 for the first time, welcome along. Come on in, take a seat, get comfortable. Today, I'll be leading through our dissection of Season 3 of Drag Race UK, Episode 2, Alone. My co-host, James, is off gallivanting around in Grand Canaria, but you might hear a bit from him later on. Fortunately, though, I'm not left here twiddling my thumbs all alone. I am joined by Drag Race alum Yuha Hamasaki, who brings a broad depth of knowledge. And I mean, I watch her YouTube videos all the time. So I basically just got a preview of this week's content. So let's welcome to the podcast, Yuha Hamasaki. Yua Hamasaki, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, how have you been enjoying season three of UK so far in its first two episodes? First of all, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. I am enthusiastic about watching this season. And you thought last season was great. This season was even better. Amazing. Yeah, it, it, there's definitely a really interesting set of characters, all right? Like even in this episode, the range we've seen and somebody like Charity Case, I think it's fantastic. I can't wait to see more from them. Also, it's... A f- breath of fresh air, aside from the American versions, like after seeing Holland, España. I mean, España was kind of decent, and then Down Under, and then you're like, oh my God, what tragic <laughs> season is going to come next? You know what I mean? <laughs> so this was good. This was good. Not going to lie, the non-American seasons have been kind of wonky. <laughs> well, Canada's coming back soon as well, and I thought Canada season one was great, so uh, we'll see how that how season two turns out. Mm-hmm. How do you, Well, what I'm interested to know is, because like, we're kind of perched you know, in between the UK and the US, and we get a good bit of cultures from both of them. Do you find yourself confused but a lot, with a lot of the things that are going on, or have most of those things seeped through to you anyway? Um, not really. I mean, I understand for the most part, but like not really in the terms of that I don't get it. It's just because I guess I'm following more of the UK queens nowadays before where season one, before it even started. Mm-hmm. I didn't have much reference of UK culture, but after following Davina, Baga, Blue Hydrangea, all those queens, I sometimes even type like them with their humor. Like I would say something sassy and I put... XX at the end of a sentence, you know what I mean? <laughs> XX, XX. I love you, XX. Yeah, yeah. Fuck softens you, the XX. blow, you know? Yeah, it's kind of dry humor. Yeah, it's like XX. Like, what are you kissing about? But it's like their sense of humor, so I kind of get it. Absolutely. So, like, I, I didn't, like, I, do you know who, like, Matt Lucas? I doubt you know who Odie Mabuse was or Alan Carr. Have any of those figures made them over to you? No idea. Honestly, to God, when RuPaul said the guest judge was her, I thought she said, OD on my pussy. I was like, what? <laughs> who OD'd on your pussy? <laughs> who overdid on your pussy? And then it showed a human being. I was like, oh, it's a judge. <laughs> So Odie Mabuse is like the is the like most popular professional dancer on like the British Dancing with the Stars. That's, I'm that's sure she is, did. but you know that name got me. <laughs> I don't. Do you watch Dancing with the Stars in the US? No, I don't. I don't watch a lot of TV shows. Believe it or not, I watch 
Top Model, I watch Family Guy, I watch Friends, and I watch Sister Sister Family Matters and Drag Race. That's it. <laughs> That's it. it. To be fair, Drag Race takes up a lot of time, so that would fill that would fill several evenings a week. Yeah, I mean they're coming out with new seasons and franchises every other month, so it's like nonstop. Absolutely, Um, and and stuff like I know there was a reference this week to very ash, very very ash. Do do you know what the origin of that was? They mentioned it was bag of chips, but bag of chips was reference. Oh yeah, she did say it. Yeah. It's just, it's like this contestant who is on X Factor UK who didn't even make it past the auditions, who just had like a very strong accent. So like, I, I do wonder about some of these references that they throw out, but then I'm sure there's loads of references in the US ones that I might miss as well because they reference something very, very niche, you know. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into this week's episode. It kicks off kind of with Victoria hobbling in injured yeah it was sad to see because the the whole sort of thread throughout this whole episode is kind of is victoria gonna go is she gonna stay is she going to be able to dance what's going to happen i assume the fact that we heard about all that means she's probably going right i was a little bit nervous that it was going to be like a eureka moment where at some point rupaul is going to send her home because of a medical condition but i thought she did okay i think it wasn't as bad, probably, as Eureka. So I thought, decent, the way she did it. But I was a little bit nervous. But I don't think they're going to send her home this early. Just because she's got a great story. She's a great drag performer. She's a great human being. I don't think that they're going to send her home yet. I think they're going to milk every ounce of her till they send her home. Yeah, it's, it's going to be hard to know. Um, like, if she generally is injured. Like, if she can't do the runway next week, I think they're going to have to send her home, right? Because... You know, she she can't really perform at her full, her full power. You know, and and she then they're going to be like compensating for her when they're making their assessments. So I don't know. I I figure she's probably going to be gone home next week in a Eureka style with an invite back to season four. Um, but I hope she stays because I'm a really really big fan. Do you think this could see the start of a fab performers on the US version? Oh, definitely. I mean, representation matters, right? And I think when you see Victoria, someone who is cisgender, a cisgender woman doing drag, it opens so much more doors and possibilities that we might even see drag kings on the show. Because it's not just about female illusion, about which gender is portraying which gender. It's about being glittery, out there, being... uh, fantastic and fabulous and it's not a crime to be fabulous at all and going to speak about victoria and her leg injury i thought of something similar as well while you're talking is that evie otley has something similar happened during her season but she made it through the end so i'm just wondering if it's gonna go away or not because it also depends on what kind of challenges they have perhaps if more acting challenges coming up or uh, comedy challenges where she doesn't have to be on her legs a lot of the times where it doesn't strand her leg, I think she should be okay. So it does give her some time to heal up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's very true, actually. It depends what the next few challenges are. Like Snatch Game, all she'll have to do is sit there in character. She'll be perfectly yeah. fine for that. You're sitting there for hours, uh, so I think you'll be fine. So at the start of this episode, Crystal is given the opportunity to have an all-tea note, say, shade assessment of the Queen's in a Rupert Market Sweep, which is a knockoff of Supermarket Sweep. She has to run around this faux supermarket grabbing stickers and basically sticking them on her fellow contestants. 
I don't know. The mini challenges this season have been a bit odd. Have you not found? Uh, what was the last week? I don't remember. Last week was this dirty charades. Oh, yeah. They seem kind of random, right? It was yeah. like, let's play a game. Um, this season, I thought that I since RuPaul picked Crystal to like come forward, I thought she was going to give her the power to separate them into teams rather than putting names on them. Or after she put the names on them, they're going to end up being the team leaders and they're going to pick their teammates. I thought it was something like that. You know, oh, you're the most basic person or you're the trade of the season that you get to pick who you want to work with. You're the biggest competition. You get to pick who you want to work with and who has the trash bin clothes. You get to pick someone stronger to work with perhaps, but it just kind of went nowhere. And then, you know, she ended up choosing the teams for the rest of the contestants, RuPaul herself. Yeah, exactly. Like I I think in season two, they did a similar thing when there was like a vote for Baroness basic and, you know, Mm -hmm. the trade of the season and stuff as well. But yeah, like other than the fact that Crystal called Victoria overweight, that actually had no bearing on the episode overall. Like we could have absolutely skipped it um, in terms of what actually turned out. Um, so, but yeah. I think it opened a gateway for great conversation about body positivity, about size, about color, and also about the textures, pigmentation of your skin. Because then in Milan talked about the color of her skin and how she's made fun of. Similarly, with Electra Fence talking about how the freckles affected her as a kid. So I think it did open a gateway. But I think is it the perfect way to open it? Probably not. I think they could have just naturally talked about body positivity without, you know, t- you know, uh, her jabbing at Victoria of her size. I think at first it wasn't intentionally about size. And I think when RuPaul, you know, kept jabbing her, I think that's when she threw in the shade and was like, oh, it's about your size, not about you being the actual biggest competition. It's about you being the biggest out of the all the contestants. I think it's to Victoria's credit that she took that comment and she kind of turned it into this lovely conversation of vulnerability and being so honest. Victoria's story was was fantastic, talking about her experience in dance schools and the industry and the challenges she overfaced and the mental health repercussions of those. It just kind of, she opened the door then to be like, you know, it's okay, everyone, you know, and even Electra Fence was like, anyone else, anybody issues going around the room kind of asking people? So yeah, it was a really, really strong and lovely moment to get get to know them re- better. It kind of reminded me of the non-binary conversation that happened, I think, in, in episode three of season two between uh, Ginny Lemon and Bimini. Uh, so yeah, that was a really, really heartwarming right. moment to, to see in the episode. Right. Yeah, I f- also find that... And James and I have kind of commented on this in the past. In like the reading challenge, there's still like a lot of people who just go for fat jokes. And I'm just wondering, is this maybe like the start of the end of fat jokes being like de rigueur on Drag Race? What are your thoughts on that? I think it's the way it's executed. It's about execution. Like Kylie Sonic Love on All Star 6, she said... She talked about another contestant. I forgot who she was referring to. She said, you look like a breath of deep air or something. You look like a breath of deep breath. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or something yeah. like that. Was that Jiggly it's she said it to? The... No, I think it was Silky, maybe? Maybe, okay. No, I don't think I don't think it was Jiggly. Yeah, it's, or Eureka. I don't know what it was, who it was. It's about the way it's delivered. And also Candy Muse or somebody talked about Nina West, how she's like a whole stadium. You know what mm. I mean? I think it's about how you delivered the reads rather than just saying, hey, you're this, 
you're that, you're no good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Without a joke to follow up on it. Yeah, no, I think that's probably true. But I, so I think, do you think some of them are just kind of like, you're fat, and then that's kind of the whole joke. And you're like, okay, yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. There were a few reads on All Star Six that was a little bit questionable. That was a little bit mean. I thought. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I think. And I think from reality TV across the board, I think we're starting to see it becoming more softer. I think. I think villain edits are being softened a bit and stuff. So I think. Um, I think that yeah. could be another thing that's being kind of finessed to be less cruel on the contestants. This week's main challenge was the Dragathon. Dragathon. Don't really know what it was about. Bit unorthodox. They had Oti Mabuse, or Odi on my pussy, as you like to call her, <laughs> um, in there to choreograph. And the choreography looked great that Oti was doing. And I didn't see a whole lot of that in the actual challenge. Yeah, same here. I was very confused. After 20 seconds in, I was like, WTF is going on? I didn't know who to follow. I didn't know who was the lead i don't know who was on beat or off beat because there was barely any wide shots to see like them as a whole group to see the whole choreography together whether it was three people or four people or the entire cast it was just like two and two or like one-on-one that you're like so who's right who's not i don't know what i was watching honestly and just like you said the choreography that she was teaching during the rehearsals i didn't see much of it really i just saw a bunch of screaming queens angry queens and a lot of sassy queens doing their characters that didn't do anything. It was kind of reminding me a little bit of the challenge from season three where they have to three. Remember how they had like workout challenges? Yeah. Like, oh, say Celine Matthews, so eat that chicken or yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. them going, shaking that shake Weight Watcher, you know what I mean? Or that jumping rope thing. That was like, you know, that, that sold it to me more about working out with Minimal choreography, but still fun than watching WTF that happened. It was kind of reminding me of Canada's Drag Race season one, where they were saying, sorry, not sorry, with a bunch of choreography where none of the queens knew what the hell was going on. This was kind of similar to this case. <laughs> I think they were given too much choreography that the queens didn't know what to do. And to make it seem like not it was a hot mess, they just kind of sliced everything together. I mean, you saw in Rue's eyes. She was not impressed. She was no. very, huh? She was Michelle was there too. Huh? She was like... <laughs> I mean, I, you are a seasoned drag queen. Have you ever been on an exercise bike in drag? That just seemed like two worlds apart. Have I been on a bike? So first of all, I don't really know how to ride a bike to begin with. So I don't know how to do a lot of things. I don't know how to drive. I don't know how to swim. I don't know how to roller skate, rollerblade. None of that. Even know how to cook, right? So riding a bike in drag, I'm not so sure about it. Um, I would say... Here's the thing, though. Electra Fence did have an obstacle against her because it wasn't really her size. Yes. She's tiny. Yeah. That's so that's true. what's been hard for her, you know? Yeah, and then there was, like, for them on the bike, there was a, a, a amount of time that they were just zooming up on their asses as well. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What is the skill that's being shown to me? What is the talent? What are we supposed to be judging them on? How, like, you know, all the challenges and drag race are supposed to be things that Rue have faced in his lustrous career. I'm like, what day was this, Rue? What day did you have to, you know, basically make a, a gym video for people in drag? I think the queens fucked up so much probably that they just put in the ass to yeah. cover up the time. No, seriously, I really do think that. <laughs> okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, to make it seem like, oh, it's about sexy and, but well, you can show their face or lip syncing or something too, you know what I mean? Meanwhile, just show their ass. I think it was 
a mess. <laughs> and it started off being like, oh, Kathy, your credit card has been declined. Oh, we got a subscription from Nora. And then that kind of just all dropped off and it was just three people cycling to music. Yeah, it. I, honestly, I had no idea. After <laughs> one minute, I was like, I was staring at the screen, but I wasn't paying attention to it. I wonder, did like the ad libs and like the script, was that for the queens to decide? Because the ride or die girls didn't say a whole lot, whereas the ball busters, they seemed to have a whole sort of character. It was like a boot camp. They went for like the war paint. They were shouting at you. They put on these sort of South London or East London accents. I That one was the only one I found in any way sort of entertaining. I think that... The script might have done something to do with it, but I don't think the queens had any input in it. Maybe it would have been a little bit different if they did. But overall, again, the script, the choreography was too much. The performance was very lacking. Uh, I... Why is that funny? <laughs> it's the truth. You saw what I saw, right? <laughs> I just, it, it's just when you reflect on these things, you're like, yes, it was absolutely disastrous. And that's what was funny. It was disastrous. I, I did. There was something about Crystal, though, and her accent that I did find kind of enjoying on screen, like out of the four of them. I thought she was the best. I kind of enjoyed River Medway trying to be Butch as well. I think it was just that these two like super femme twinks who have then like metamorphosized into these sort of like Butch angry military dads trying to shout at you. I did find somewhat enjoyable, but I didn't really understand anything else about it. I thought Crystal did great. Her personality helped sold it. What the hell she was saying? No idea. I thought Ella Day <laughs> did pretty well as well. She was... Having that background of acting, I think that came through. I thought Veronica Green did well too, but the rest, nobody really stood out for me, honestly. Uh, yeah, no one really to be overall. Like the Yummy Mummies, I thought was so weak. And look, I understand Victoria had to sit on a stool. But what was the armography they were doing? It was like, lift the baby up, lift the baby down. Like I enjoyed Charity Case in her velour tracksuit and her thong. But again, we see it for like three minutes and... That's it. I don't know. It was, like I said, very confusing. There's probably no point dissecting it any further, but just very, very strange. I find in episodes like this, you just sort of disregard the main challenge and go, okay, I'm just going to judge things off the runway. Yeah, because it was so bad, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spice Bags is a podcast about food in Ireland from an international perspective. I'm May, I'm an American food writer, and I'm with my friends Blanca, a chef from Spain, and Dee, an Irish food editrix. And we are the Spice Bags, three sassy ladies with a lot to dish up. Join us for the chats. On this week's episode of The Workroom, we thought, or I thought, James is on holidays, it'd be a fun idea to let one of our premium listeners come on the podcast and share their thoughts. So that's exactly what I did. I put the call out amongst the people who support the show and we're going to have one of them on in a minute. And if you would like to be on the show, then head over to headsofpodcast.com and support the podcast and you could be on the show with us telling us your opinions. But for now, chatting about Drag Race Holland, Rosie Slattery Gleason. Rosie, thank you for jumping on the line to chat with me today. Thanks for having me. Are you happy with 
Tabitha becoming the new Miss Congeniality? I really like Tabitha. Yeah. I really, I think, I think they're amazing and uh, they're just very interesting. Like some of them are very interesting um, and some of them I wouldn't have much interest in at all. Like the Countess. You'd go for a drink with Tabitha. You wouldn't Absolutely. really go for a drink with the Countess, I don't think. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> that's the work group in our premium feed over on Headstuff Plus. Head over to headstuffpodcast.com. You can support the show from there and get all the episodes of the work room, past and future. So we'll see you there. Coming to you live from outside Mardi Gras in Gran Canaria, the Yumbo Centre, where I have just watched episode two of Drag Race UK. And I can say that I've had many beers and that may have influenced the fact that I think this is an absolutely fantastic episode of Drag Race UK. Uh, I was totally into the challenge, but I was terrified that we were gonna get another Eureka moment and annoyed that we were left on a bit of a cliffhanger for that. Overall, I thought the judging was a bit all over the place. I didn't really understand why Crystal won again. Um, I thought she was good, but probably wasn't who I would have put in the top um i probably would have had uh veronica honestly i thought did probably the best in the challenge i really enjoyed kitty scott claws as well um and looks wise veronica looked amazing jennifer green um i enjoyed the way they talked about the uh the i enjoyed the way they talked about the waste issue and brought up veronica or uh, victoria's um previous eating disorders because i think that's an important conversation but yeah Definitely was kind of tepid on the first episode. Wasn't sure that it was going to be able to live up to the hype of season two. And I would say that it looks like it's on that good trajectory. I don't think we'll have Vanity Milan for too much longer. And I'm kind of okay with Electra going. Um, I do just hope that the domination of Crystal isn't just forced through. I would like to see her kind of own it a bit more. <laughs> Thanks, James. All right, let's get back to the show. Category was... The red carpet showstoppers. First up was Theresa May with her sort of turquoise flamenco polka dot look. Were you impressed? Not as impressed as her looks from last week because last week all three looks from her were so amazing and so artistic and creative that when I saw this, I was like a little bit underwhelmed. I mean, it's not bad, but I think I was looking forward to her fashion on the runway that I was a little bit disappointed. I thought that the main focus was the hair rather than the outfit. It was fine, the outfit, but mm. I thought she could have gave us more. Yeah, I thought it was a nice color. Um, and I suppose maybe it's from watching all of España. Like, we just saw better flamenco looks on that. So in comparison, I kind of was like, oh, okay. Like, maybe this is... She did say that Theresa May is like what English people think Spanish people dress like. So maybe that's kind of how she interpreted the sort of flamenco part. But I like the color. Wasn't wowed, I'd say, was my was my overall opinion on that electrofence now what i know there was a lot wrong with it do you you are more experienced in this area than me do you want to break down what was wrong with this glittery silver pink haired moment um agree with the judges was giving me star wars wizard it was giving me harry potter as well i thought she looked great but i just didn't think that it was right carpet with the hood you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's exactly what I... It, was, it didn't feel red carpet for me. It was more... Yeah. Doctor Who or, or kind of spacey. And even like the short hair was giving me kind of maybe pink on stage. Before yeah, Before she revealed yeah. into something more skimpy or something that I just... 
Yeah, it wasn't wasn't the yeah. glamour, I suppose, that I was hoping for. I think she had the right mindset of that flowy train fabric in the back, but I just didn't think that the full execution itself was the right choice. Vanity Milan was next. Uh, she was... I, I love this lilac on her, actually. I thought she looked beautiful. I just thought that the shape of the flowers in the front, I thought was a little bit weird, and I th- didn't think that she needed the necklace. And the train in the back could have been longer, just so that it gives us more eleganza. The way it sort of hung all over, like it was like it was like a body yeah. count, and then it was more like a sort of long poncho-y thing, right? Like it, it wasn't just cape at the back. Yeah, it looked more to me like a caftan, to be honest. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's better than poncho. Yeah. <laughs> Is it red carpet? Is it more like Coachella? Um, it looked a little bit more Burning Man. Okay. <laughs> not like Bonnaroo but <laughs> I I can kind of see it red carpet maybe Met Gala red carpet I don't know girl, depending on what the theme is you know what I mean it's a little bit drag red carpet I give it a pass she still looked good no, it's okay Kitty's got claws like this was nice but it could have been I suppose elevated I guess a bit more but I really liked how like her the makeup and the hair that she put with it as well I thought worked well I thought she played it safe with this there's nothing wrong with it everything looked fine from the fit to the garment to the style it wasn't exciting but I think she played it safe so that I give her a pass as well now River Me- River Medway what colour would you call that dress because it was like pink in the light but purple not in the light but then there was like a bit of blue in it as well maybe orchard purple purple for sure just depends on which shade of purple depending on where on the stage she's standing yeah it was weird because it was like it looked different when she moved it as well i i quite liked the color i i just i don't know it looked a bit needed more volume to it or something there was just some something missing from it i think she looked fabulous i think this is the best she's looked so far during the season aside from her promo look i remember her Looks from last week were not the best. No, no. Remember her music look? Yeah, <laughs> that was a tragedy. <laughs> yeah, not ideal. Absolutely not ideal at all. Uh, Veronica, I thought looked great as her sort of late eighties Kylie Minogue with the perm and the yellow tool train. I really didn't like the lips. Oh my god! Me and Joe talked about that too. The lips. Joe mentioned that. Maybe she fucked up on the lips, so she keeps making it bigger. You know what I mean? The shape. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, oh, God, it's a little bit crooked. Let me fix it by adding it a little bit more at the top. And by the time she kept drawing drawing on it, it looks like she fucking ate somebody's ass or like she was eating Kit Kat bars. And what the hell is going on? I said the same thing. I was like, this lip is not it. I don't think this is the intention it served because she's got the palette of the yellow and the honey brown wig and then the huge contours and then this brown lip with the gold i was like it looks like she it looks like she fell into a pile of you know lips first and then got back up was like and then she kissed it you know what i mean there was very little skin between like the lower nose and the top of the lip like it was like most of her upper lip was just lip yeah it was a lot of lip girl a lot of brown lip that didn't look like nude charity case is up next in her you know tango orange fringe flapper fantasy i got a lot of pete burns from this i don't know if you got that um i got a lot of the great gatsby from it like flappers 1920s are you familiar with the movie the great gatsby or the book 
where the dude just like has all these huge parties at mansion and this is what it's kind of giving me like she's going to the red carpet for an event for that party and she looks fantastic with the makeup and i think she is going to the red carpet how charity case would go to the mm -hmm. red carpet and i think she looks magnificent in this even with the makeup like very of that era the way she was walking was very of that era the way she styled and dressed was very that era you know what i mean she's not necessarily going to a red carpet at a tv premiere or like a movie or a music award show she's going to the red carpet to a party and that's fine with me yeah i thought that was great and what was really exciting is because both of the looks last week were kind of ooky spooky dragula halloween looks and this was like this is you know how charity case does glamour which i thought was really, really exciting as well it was like a totally different vision of charity case which just makes me really excited for her for the season and the sort of the the wide spectrum of drag she'll be able to give us, I think, and how she'll interpret different challenges, I think is going to be really exciting. Similar to Veronica before, she had really overdrawn her lips, but it worked because it went with her kind of like frozen face character that she was going for. Right. Um, I think it also worked for her too because it's the era that she's going for and that's fine because last week we saw two spooky horror looks from her and I think this week was different. Mm-hmm but still kept it very charity case. So I think she looks fine. This is something I see Joe Black will wear too. Yeah. You know, he would totally wear this. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. Ella Viday is next with this sort of peach v-neck dress. Did this feel a bit matronly, a bit like she was dressing for somebody 30 years older than her? I mean, if that's the style and the age that she's going for, sure. But it's very pretty. Very glamorous, very very well fit. Nothing wrong with it, but it's not exciting. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's literally going to a red carpet, but like a biological woman could wear yeah, this. You know I what I mean? I kind of thought this was kind of, you know, maybe uh, maybe like a lady in her 60s would wear this to a red carpet. You know, it's quite safe. It, it, it looks nice. It isn't sexy. Maybe not 60s, maybe <laughs> 40s, because the tatas are a little bit too exposed. But I understand you. It just seemed like... It's not exciting for me. Yeah, you know? no, I agree. Whereas the other ones have more of a concept. This is just literally her going to a red carpet. Whereas the other ones like had a theme of going to a red carpet. You know what I mean? Like, um, what's her name? Uh, 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 Veronica Green. She had an era that she's going mm. to. Um, uh, 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 what's her name? I don't know any of these things. <laughs> shit. Uh, Kitty Scott Claus, an era, you know, Marilyn Monroe. And uh, Charity K is going to a... Like a flap. Red carpet for a party. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very that. Whereas with this, she's just going to red carpet. It could be any red carpet, yeah. you know? Garlet was next uh, with the sort of red off the shoulder, sort of glittery look. Her presentation on the runway seemed really timid. And I wasn't sure if that was the character or what was going on. Like, I thought the edit was kind of strange. She seemed kind of really frightened or something. Yeah, we said that too. That she was a little bit shy and like holding back a little bit. Again, with this outfit, it's pretty, but not exciting. Kind of like Ella Days. Nothing's wrong with it, but it's just pretty. Yeah, it's know? kind of more promy, I guess, that it is a red carpet, possibly. But, um, yeah, it was more of the presentation I thought was strange because she's so vivacious and she's such a great character that it was kind of, like, really shy. I don't know. No, it, it was slightly off for me. How did Victoria Scone's red look feel for you underwhelming just because last week she brought three amazing looks from the entrance to the other two looks that i think that this was a little bit simple for yeah. her it's pretty but like kind of like 
Scar... I mean, kind of like... What's her name? Kind of like Scarlet and... Uh, Ella Bidet, it was just pretty. Yeah, I don't. I got like you know? a Christmas cracker off it or something, just sort of with like those the plastic beaded onto them. I thought the hair was a little bit off too. Yeah, more ornamentation I felt was needed on it, more glitter, more decoration. I thought I was a bit disappointed because, like you said, she brought such a high level for episode one. Like I loved her breakfast tea look, and even her entrance look was fantastic. I was a bit disappointed. Yeah, but you know, maybe she was like. I need to wear something that's going to hide my runners, my trainers. So she had to change what she was going to wear. Mm. So maybe that was part of the issue. Yeah. Uh, so who is your top two to the week? My favorite look, I would have to say Charity Case. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I would have said Crystal. Uh, did we talk about Crystal? Crystal. Yeah, I thought the emerald looked fantastic on her skin. The way she carved out her body, I thought was really, really well done. And the big boobs actually suited her. Like sometimes I'm not a big fan of the big boobs, but I think they worked for her, even uh, even with her tiny little head. Yeah, I think it worked for her because she's got this huge, low, plunging neckline, and also the huge shoulders to balance out, and the huge hip pads. I think she looks great. I think this is what Electra Fence was meaning to do with the leotard and the train right. in the back. Yeah. Whereas with this, this looks more red carpet and more elegant and glamour. Whereas with hers, looks like she's going to a Star Wars convention. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so for me she was that was my top two of the week because i thought she looked looked fantastic i was between her christo versace and uh, charity case but i'm gonna give it to Car- charity case yeah do you know i think like in terms of individuality not many people i, I guess would deliver a look like charity case had delivered it whereas other people yeah. could probably deliver kind of what christo versace did so yeah uh, that makes yeah. sense to me. That was the most memorable for one for me. Most memorable. Electra, Vanity and Charity are all low. And Kitty, Crystal and Veronica, three of the ball busters are high. Were you happy with that? Would you change any of them? Um, I was happy with it. Yeah. I was also going to see probably Theresa May in the bottom as well. I wouldn't be surprised because she did mess up in the main challenge. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but overall, I agree. It was the right choice. Yeah, to be honest, like I probably, I think it would have been safe just to do it by group. Like I thought the ball busters were the best group, put them all high. And I would have put all of the the rider dies low instead of charity. Um, I think the right two people lip synced at the end of the day. And I thought the right person won. So yeah, I was pretty I I was pretty happy with the judging. I thought some people online were a bit disappointed. I thought it was reasonably fair. Like I probably would have put River in the top over Veronica, but other than that, I was pretty happy with it. Um so in in Untucked, there's they they seem a bit shook by the results. Um and especially Vanity kind of takes it kind of Percy when she kind of realizes that she could be up for eviction. Uh, do you think she had eviction? Was <laughs> his big brother? <laughs> That's very big brother of me, yeah. Uh, elimination. Do you think she was playing it safe up to this point? I think she's been playing safe. Yes. I mean, honestly, we're up, only up to episode two. Last week was deluxe. It was basically what you brought. You know, there wasn't much talking, much of personality. You know, to show to the judges yet. Yeah, it was basically you walking down the runway, and this was kind of the first challenge they actually got to do. And even the script is not written by them, and the choreography is not choreographed by them. So a lot of it has to do with, I think, what the script was, mm-hmm. and also what the choreography was and where they were placed. So uh, 
to answer your question, nobody really stood out to me this episode, not going to lie. So I don't think she was the only one that should be worried. I think most of them should have been worried. Okay. There's also rumors that this season was filmed on a tighter schedule than usual so that each episode was filmed in a day. I So I've been kind of been watching out for that. I know after the rehearsal, the queens were talking about the rehearsal as yesterday, but, you know, maybe they were instructed to do so. A challenge like that would normally be filmed over two days. Is that right? Like one day for rehearsal and mini challenge and another day for the performance and the runway? I'm not saying anything. (laughs) I don't want to get in trouble. (laughs) That's kind of what I understood. And I was wondering whether you thought that possibly that the why the performance was so bad was because of lack of preparation or do you just think it was a bad script lack of preparation that's what it seemed like to me it seemed like none of the girls really knew what the f was going on kind of like sorry not sorry from canada's drag race nobody knew what the hell was you know, going i on. didn't mind sorry not sorry <laughs> i mean the song was catchy but it was a mess. <laughs> I think this might have been messier than that one. To be fair, I think the other one, Sorry Not Sorry, was messy in the way that it was funny. But this was like confusion messy. I think Sorry Not Sorry struggled because there were so many queens on stage at one time. They didn't really know where to go and what to be doing. Like, but at the end of the day, like, th- these were three queens on stage. They should have been able to work out what they were doing and what, you know, how to co- coordinate that. Not to toot my own horn for my season, but we had our little rusical pharmaceutical challenge there were like 13 queens on the stage i think mm-hmm. we still made it worked i think it was pretty done well i just think they weren't given enough time to rehearse but yeah i suppose the musicals you're right i always I, I assumed that they're because they're scripted and i suppose everyone has their marks whereas when it's a girl group challenge and you're all just shoved up on there maybe there's less preparation or less also oh i just remember do you remember holland mm-hmm. last year's yeah the dance that was a mess too. <laughs> the, the the one for Queen Maxima, where they had to like Vogue. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was <laughs> like, oh my god, what the hell? I thought it was a posing challenge. I didn't see any voguing. I didn't see any choreography. Yeah, I didn't see any group was... dancing. I thought they were just posing. So... And then I reread the subtitles. I was like, oh, it's dancing. That was dancing. <laughs> It was, was yeah, that, that was bad. And that was pre-recorded. Like, they could have done another take of that if they wanted to, which was even worse. They were like, nope. We've got it. Our SD card is out of memory. We've got it. We don't need to change a thing. <laughs> Our workers are under union rights. The people are filming are under union rights. They cannot pass five minutes. They must go home. It's time for lunch break. So would you say that's one of the messiest challenges in Drag Race history then? The one we watched today. Are we, were you saying that's top five? Messi's challenge yeah I would say maybe top 10 I don't know maybe I mean we've seen some bad ones in the US too but like yeah maybe top 5 I (laughs) I don't know what the fuck was going on to be honest (laughs) cannot cannot stress that enough (laughs) yeah it was very confusing unfortunately there's so like you can't really talk about anymore other than it was bad you know how how, how much can you can you string it out than that um so the uh, crystal wins they don't do the lip sync for the crown i'm assuming that was just a one-off thing for last last week uh for some reason that was never explained to us vanity and electra are lip syncing to m people's moving on up did you think the right person won the lip sync? I think so. Yeah, the thing is, like, I think Electra can dance. She's got great moves. 
She doesn't seem to exhibit a lot of rhythm, though, when she executes the, the moves. It's just sort of yes. like a giddy child. Yeah, like um, Michelle said, she gets so caught up in the moment that she's not paying attention to the music or the rhythm anymore. She's just doing the choreography in her head. You know what I mean? How fast can I do it? How hard can I do it? But not matching it to the rhythm of the song. I think that's where I kind of lacked. And I think one of the contestants pointed out that at some point during the episode that she has the same moves, no shade, but she doesn't know how to take those moves and apply it to the right timing of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Even that, you know what I mean? I don't know what you'd call it. Like almost like capoeira style spinning thing that she was doing was just like, how quickly can you do that? Like, it was like you were doing it on the ground of a pub more so than you were doing it to actually music. It was, it was very strange. Definitely. I think last week when she did it for the first time, I was literally gagging and screaming on my end. But <laughs> seeing it for the second time again, I was like, same thing, yeah. you know. But I thought she was fine. But compared to her and Vanity, I think, you know, she served it more. Yeah, Vanity gave us light and shade. She embodied the song a bit better. You know, and she still had good yeah. moves. Like she had that great spit that she just slid into at the start, and you know, real a good yeah. eye contact with the judges. Yeah, I think definitely she deserved to win. And I also also thinking to my head that probably the judges have seen enough of her closet. They were like, oh, what else can she bring? Right? Yeah, nothing more because we saw Lux were a little bit underwhelming last week and this week as well. So yeah, it's sad to see her go. Now, if Victoria goes next week, do you reckon they'll bring somebody back? Do you reckon Anubis will rise from the sarcophagus? Nope. Yeah, double Shante or keep the season going or bring the girls back and have them vote like last time. I don't think they're going to bring Anubis back just to bring her back. I don't think so. She wasn't like wrongfully eliminated during that episode. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, but nor was Nisha Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> Elimination. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd happily see Anubis back for more personality. I enjoyed her talking head and that and that yellow bucket hat. I I was enjoying it. Oh, the bucket hat. Oh yes, I remember her now. I remember now. Yes, I thought she was fine. But in terms of like, I just feel like the judges, not just the judges, but like the show, wants someone more well-rounded. And I think her aesthetic so far, she has just given us a dress and a really big hair. So I think that's why they were like. You know. Who's going to win? It's a weird choice to pick right now, but I think I have a top four in my head. Okay. It's going to be Chorisa May, mm-hmm. Victoria Scone, mm-hmm. Charity Case, and Crystal Versace. No day. Based on the top twos. day, I don't see it. I They're not giving... It's not me, personally, that I don't see her. It's just that how the show wants their top four. You know what mm. I mean? They're not showing much of her confessions. They're not showing much of her personality really you know what I mean just like we talked about earlier it's beautiful but it's not exciting you know what I mean I just guess it's not really up to me I think she's a gorgeous queen I think she's a great entertainer she did well in the acting challenge not the acting challenge in the challenge this week it's not up to me I just that someone who watched the show for so many seasons I just feel like this is not what they're trying to show the audience then if that's not what they're trying to show the audience then they're trying to do a little bit something on their end you know Which I, mean? is, I, I know what you mean like the edit does kind of inform you and you've watched it for so long you get the subtle hints and stuff of who they're trying to push forward uh, saying that I don't see Crystal in a final four edit at the moment even though she's won like the first queen I mean outside of Benjamin Creme 
to win the first two challenges in the season, right? In the franchise's history? I can't think of anyone else who did it. You know what? I take that back. I say top three. Victoria, Charity, and Chorizo. Okay. <laughs> Crystal probably halfway. You Crystal out. Because she... <laughs> She Crystal hasn't opened up yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She hasn't really opened up. We see her as a beautiful queen. We know she's pretty. She's got the looks. She's got the poise, but not much of personality that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. I think Victoria's going next week. Stop saying she's gonna go. I don't think she's gonna go. <laughs> who do you no personally, aside from Victoria, who do you think is gonna go? If the doctor says she can stay, she's not gonna go home. Like she's she'll be in the final if she can stay. I just think the doctor's gonna send her home. Next week. Okay. What what did they say the challenge was? Oh, it's a design challenge. It, the edit made it look like Ella Day was in trouble, but that's probably just the edit. I would say Scarlet could be in trouble next week. I don't know what her sewing skills will be like. I think Vanity or Kitty Scott Claus and River Medway and Ella Day are <laughs> are in trouble. You, you just go for a mass elimination next No, week. because uh, Kitty Scott Claw, she's very one note almost. I mean, she hasn't really brought anything that's mm. out of the box, really. Then in Milan, I feel like her costumes are okay, but there's always a little bit something off. River Medway, she says she sews, but we saw her looks last week, girl, the ones that she made. Like, come yeah. on. Like, it's so <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> I mean, she can sew doesn't mean she has taste, is what you're saying yeah. there, right? So. <laughs> kind of like me. I, I can sew doesn't mean I have taste, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I can't sew and I don't have taste, so I mean, I don't know who, who yeah. am I to judge. Yeah. Um, so, like, Kitty gets a lot of confessionals, so I think she might, you know, be a sort of bag of chips. Really? She's getting a lot of confessionals? Yeah. I don't really see a lot of hers. Am I, am I missing? I mean, I can't think of anything Something? she said now on the spot, <laughs> but I feel... I mean, Charity... I mean, surprisingly, Charity hasn't gotten really that much of confessionals either. River's gotten a lot. Chariska's gotten a lot. Veronica's gotten a decent amount. Yeah. And Victoria's gotten a lot. Charity got a lot this week, actually. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I should be keeping tally, actually. It might be a good little stat I can keep as I as I recap each episode. I don't know how many, how many confessionals each person got. Crystal got a decent amount, I would say. Crystal. Yeah, but crystals were all about. Oh, I feel really bad for calling Veronica or Victoria fat. That was the that's the main chunk of her. <laughs> that's the main chunk of yeah. her confessionals this week. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, um, S- Scarlett and Ella Day didn't get much. I would say Vanity Milan didn't get much either. Scarlett got a lot in the first week, though. What about this week? I didn't see much. But I guess because she was safe, where she was in the top last week. So yeah, I mean, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. Um. So yes, thank you for chatting with me of this week. Of course, what that do you a great have time. Coming up that people can can watch. I mean, the YouTube since you know channel is is, is popping off as always. Uh, do you have anything else people can look out for? Um, that's it. No life, you know. Same shit. Thank you so much for having me on Sissy that podcast, baby. Mwah. So there we go, another episode in the bag. Bit of an unorthodox challenge. Um, I'm glad we had Odie, but don't know if I would love a Dragathon Part 2. Uh, but it's really gearing up now. I, yeah, you know, as you heard in the episode, I'm pretty sure Victoria is gone, which is going to be really upsetting because she's my favourite. Um, so maybe they'll bring somebody back. Maybe we'll see the return of Anubis or maybe even Electrofence. 
If you enjoyed that, head over to Instagram. You can click follow and stay up to date with the show at Sissy That Pod. Catch us in the workroom, which is our premium content where, you, where we cover the international franchises, including Canada and Dragula, in the next coming week. So head over to headstuffpodcast.com to support the show. We'd be internally grateful. I'll be back with you next week. Uh, James will be back as well to tell us all about its holidays, but more importantly, to discuss Drag Race UK Season 3, Episode 3. I shall talk to you then. See you. Love you. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.